BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's good, Dog Pound? Excited to be here. You know, first day in Cleveland, you know, looking forward to balling out here, ready to get to know my teammates, get to know the coaches, everybody involved, ready to get to know you guys. So I'm excited. Let's do it. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dog Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Head over to omahasteaks.com right now. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, get $20 off and free shipping on your order of over $129. Josh, Justin, Derek Frisbee with you guys today. Recapping the Browns 2023 NFL Draft, we're going to go through kind of our overall thoughts and opinions on the Browns draft as a whole. And then we're going to get into each player that Andrew Barry and the Browns front office selected, kind of give you a quick rundown, our thoughts and opinions on each guy, how they fit and all that fun stuff. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Voice is shoddy. I was going to say a couple the, days. the energy radiating from you is just, I can't, I can barely stand it. <laughs> hey man, I'm doing my best. All right. We're trying. That's how I felt yesterday morning when I did the recap on Tillman. It's like, holy moly, am I tired. Justin, what's going on, man? I'm good. I've Yesterday, I woke up feeling like death. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought me and Derek went to the bar for, you know, four or five <laughs> hours after the draft, but I just went home. I was wish. <laughs> woke up with a migraine, you know, I don't know if it was just the four monsters that we drank while we were hanging out there, but yeah, no, I feel, uh, I feel a lot better today. Well, again, to everybody that tuned into our uh, NFL draft live coverage on Friday night of rounds two and three, thank you. We had a ton of fun. If you were in the chat, you know how much fun we were having. It was a great time, great broadcast. We had a lot of fun coming to you from the new studio. We're hoping to utilize that studio a little more here in the future, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, without further ado, why don't you guys just give a quick overview? Justin, we'll start with you. Just your okay. your your takeaway, like when the when the draft ended yesterday, everything closed out, and you stepped back and looked at what the Browns did over the last couple of days. I mean, what what did you think, man? I was happy. I I walked away with it going, you know, we we picked just kind of needs that we what we wanted, but we didn't necessarily have to have. Like I thought we addressed things that uh, were necessary. Um, if you look. And you go, hey, we didn't have a first round pick because of the Tom Watson trade, and we didn't have the second round pick uh, because of the Elijah Moore trade. So you figure we didn't even start our picks until what is it, pick seventy three? And then you look what we walked away with. You got to be happy. Now I know there's so much things. There are a lot of things that happen now. You have players that have to pan out. Um, so when you just look at it on paper and you go, hey, did we address this need? Um, will these guys develop? I'm happy. I, I thought there was a couple of picks where we stole guys. Yeah, I think so. The center from, uh, I know we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it, but you're right. Yep. Look, 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 look. How did we get him in the sixth? You know, and he's the third best center. And I know it wasn't like a a super heavy center draft, but to get that guy in the sixth round and build all that offensive line depth, where we, I didn't even think we were going to honestly address it. If we did, it was going to be a pick here. We walked away with two great, I think, yeah. two nice players, two nice developmental players 
that you can throw, you know, Bill Callahan at who we think is the best offensive line coach in the league and let these guys get good. Yeah, that that was insane. Like you said, I was thinking maybe if they do address the O-line, it's, it was maybe a later pick or something. But to come away with two guys from the same offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in the country last year, over the last couple of years, I mean, and these guys, what did they give up? One sack total? Total, 2022? Yeah, I mean, the two of them. yeah it's crazy. Unreal, unreal. And it's not like this is some podunk, you know, small school. This is Ohio State. We're playing some serious competition, guys that can get in there and get after the quarterback. So hats off to the Browns on that one. DF, what do you think, man? Quick takeaways. So I left the draft confused. You know, when when we made our final pick, I was just kind of baffled. And it's not necessarily because of who we picked. For me, it's just kind of where we got guys. You know, I talked with a lot of my friends, and uh, one of them, Wesley, I'll give you your credit. He said, if, um, you know, if the same guys were picked but in a different order, I would be a lot happier. And and not just um, he was saying him, but I feel the exact same way because for me, it was just confusing. You know, you, the value was there. Like taking Luke Whipler is great, um, and some of these other guys is great. But you still didn't draft a safety. You still didn't draft a linebacker. Um, I was very surprised the Browns made all of their picks. I thought this team was not a team that necessarily had the roster spots. And given the talent that was available, we talked about it Friday night. In my opinion, if I was Andrew Barry, I would have made a couple moves up and grabbed a player or two at a position of need and not just best player available. Um, so it's not necessarily that the guys we picked are bad. It just, it's baffling to me. It was a very weird draft from Andrew Barry. It wasn't his typical tendencies that everybody talks about. This was a very random draft and mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's a we'll see draft for me. For sure. I mean, and it, it is crazy. We spent a lot of time speculating on the amount of roster spots available for rookies. We had eight picks, and actually, we didn't make all eight. We traded the eighth one in the seventh round to Baltimore, right? We made a trade yeah, with the Ravens or whatever. Okay. Pick next year. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We got a six round pick next year. I thought that was a good move. If there's nobody sitting there in the seventh round of the NFL draft that you're, you know, sold on and you got, you got a trade partner willing to give you a six next year, just take it. That's fine. We don't need that spot, but he didn't trade up. Like we speculated he might, he didn't trade down either, which is an Andrew Barry thing to do. So you're right. There were some different tendencies this year, but, and he also kind of went against his age guard too on a couple picks, which was interesting. So we can dive into all that as we go here, pick by pick. But before we do, I just want to tell everybody, Ohio, we have an awesome limited time promo for the new DraftKings users. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use our code the dogs, all one word, at sign up to redeem. Using our code the dogs is a great way to support the podcast, so if you don't have a DraftKings account, do us a solid. Sign up with code the dogs and place that first bet. New customers only, 21 and older, and you must be physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Valid one offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit. $5 wager required. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. All right, guys. Who wants to kick things off with the Browns' first pick in the draft? Cedric Tillman. Just reaction on it? Yeah, as... let's let's dive into the guy. Yeah, reactions. Anything you you you'll want to mention about him? This was yeah, X seventy four. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, I guess it, you know for for pick seventy three or whatever for Cedric Tillman, um, I like that he's big body receiver. I yes. like that he you know a get up but a contested kind of guy. Um, I like how you were saying Derek. Good, you know I uh, I didn't think wide receiver was necessarily like a huge need going into this year but you kind of won me over friday night um you know with uh some some of your ideas on that but um i i like the pick um especially considering who was there you know all the guys that everybody had talked to free draft as far as the last let's say five or six months we knew they weren't going to be there we were worried they weren't going to be there at 42 when we had that pick in the second round like as they Dave Flowers, as in some of those guys, we figured they probably weren't going to be there. So um, I like I like the pick. Um, you know, I, get get the shot as many weapons as you can. Yeah, this I, is, I, this is women now mode right now. We're 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 at that spot. You have to 
if if you don't make the Deshaun Watson trade work, our franchise is in trouble for the next 10 years. You have right. got to make it work right now. Right. So a couple of things here, and and Derek, you can dive into this too. I, I won't talk too much about it because I know you like to cover it and you do a good job talking about the Browns getting the future somewhat under wraps at the wide receiver position. This is a hedge against, you know, DPJ potentially pricing himself like we've talked about out of the Browns budget in 2024. He's going to hit the free agent wide receiver market and he could potentially be the top, mm-hmm. you know, in the top, if not the top of the free agent wide receiver market next year. And that might put him in a price range that the Browns just can't match, you know, other teams what what they might be willing to give him. One last thing before I give it to you, Derek, to address that, though. I did hear some analysts talking about the Cedric Tillman pick and saying that they thought he was actually a higher-ranked, better ex-receiver in this draft than Jonathan Mingo, who went at 39. I know that was your boy. So for as high as you were on Mingo, there are analysts out there who were saying, you know, Tillman actually profiled as a better prospect. So let's hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, so at the time, I had... To uh, kind of refresh my memory on who exactly he was, because he did have a high ankle sprain and that took him out. So right. a lot of these guys, you know, we talk about prospect wise, jumped up after that happened. So he kind of fell down the list and got forgotten about. Um, but yeah, it, to me, it reiterates everything that I've been saying. And I'm not saying that to say I was right. I think it's just a fact that the Browns are preparing for Donovan Peoples-Jones to leave. And it's not because they want him to leave or they don't like him. It's just the reality of the situation. Financially, you cannot afford to pay a receiver like DPJ what he's probably going to get on the open market. The only way that he stays on the Browns' path next season is if he just really loves Cleveland. And as much as we all love Cleveland, if you're going to get X amount of million dollars more, you'd probably leave too. So I can't really blame DPJ if he does go. But for the Browns, this is all about prepping for the future, like you said, Josh. Um, you know, when I talked about Jonathan Mingo, everything was the same skill set. You needed to get a guy who's going to be that big X receiver, and that's exactly what Tillman is, and he offers more. You know, that's what I liked about Mingo so much was he was athletic. He was really good as a route runner. Uh, you know, he can do a lot of things. Same thing with Cedric Tillman, and I think he's kind of proved it a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, you talked about it Friday night, Josh. He was Hendon Hooker's number one target before he got hurt. He was Jalen Hyatt before Jalen Hyatt. So, for me, I think Tillman is the overall well-rounded player out of the two of them, although you're going to see more highlights out of Jalen Hyatt. That's fine. Deshaun Watson needs to have a couple receivers that you know for sure are under contract cheap for the entire length of his first contract as a Cleveland Brown. And I think this is great. Got to pair him with. He's got a great catch radius, solid speed. He's not slow by any sense of the imagination. He's got a a limited route tree, but I think it's better than what people give him credit for. Uh, I saw him consistently making plays that kind of went under the radar at Tennessee. And I'm excited because you throw him into a receiver room that already has the speed with Elijah Moore, Marquise Goodwin, Mari Cooper's your route runner. You still have Donovan Peoples-Jones. And now you add another guy with a similar skill set. In my head, year one, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but I think he is going to get some. And specifically, I'm looking at goal line packages with David Njoku, DPJ, and Cedric Tillman. How can you block those three guys in the red zone? You just can't. Yep, absolutely. So I, I was looking at the NFL draft, act, like the actual NFL draft profile for all these guys. Cedric Tillman, he graded at a six point three eight. That or translates to he will eventually be a plus starter. That's how they mm. project him. Um, his it, so his speed, he's not a burner, but you're right. He does. And it's not like he's slow. I mean, he ran a four five four. Okay, everybody gets enamored with these four twos, four threes. These guys are running. Who cares? Well, Anthony Schwartz is super fast. He sucks. So. John Ross. The, the, yeah, John Ross. The speed doesn't matter so much to me. It's can he play on the field? He's a 50-50 ball guy. And what I like about him, I'm trying to remember the stats off the top of my head. I believe in 2022, this past season, like you said, limited season, but he, I think he had 42 or 43% of his contested catch rate. But the year before in 21, which was his big year, he had a, almost a 69% contested catch rate. So 
you're throwing the ball up to this guy and he's coming down with it. Back in 21, he caught 64 passes, 1,081 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And the NFL draft profile, they always put like a comp for these mm-hmm. guys. Their pro yep. comp, who is it? Do you know? Michael Pittman Jr. Michael baby. Pittman Jr. I mean, right. water. kid. Michael yeah. Pittman in the third round. Of, mm-hmm. if, 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 he's, if he comes close to that, I'm not going to say he's going to be Michael Pittman, but he's got the potential. That's his They play set. the same way. They yes. play the exact same Physical. way. Physical. When I when I saw that same page you're talking about on the NFL, because, you know, immediately my thought was DPJ, because similar skill set. But he when you watch Michael Pittman play and then you turn around and watch Tillman play, they are a mirror of each other. Obviously, they're not the exact same player. But, man, if you polled Browns fans and said, hey, what do you think about Michael Pittman on the Cleveland Browns? They'd be ecstatic. But for whatever right. reason, there was a lot of fans Friday night who just, I think a lot of people didn't know the guy. That's that's how right. I feel about it. Yep. And uh, dur- during the show, I was telling you, like we kept mentioning Hyatt. I'm like, I like Tillman better. I, I just, mm-hmm. I like his skill set better. I think that he brings a better, you know, whatever skill set, just better presence to the to the team. Justin, you got anything last, you know, here to talk about just, Tillman before we move on? No, just to touch on what Derek said, I think a lot of Browns fans fall in love with like the, the day one, the top 10, because we've just been dealing with it our whole lives so you know to be this far down the draft you're not going to get a top 10 guy you're not going to get the guy that everybody talks about at the you know that night one you know in the first few picks you're not going to get those guys here you're you're looking for value here you're looking for to address yeah not necessarily needs but just plug holes get right. get a guy that, that can go out there and give you production I, mean, I got i got one more thing real fast yeah go for it i heard some people saying you know, you talked about the speed thing. A lot of people want speed. Here's what I'll say to that. Early prediction, don't be surprised when the Browns draft another receiver next year. Because yeah, because no, this, this is the long-term play. So don't don't freak out because he's not the fastest guy. That's that's a part of the play. We've <laughs> already covered later. The Browns want to open up the offense this year, run more five wide, you know, a little more spread. It just makes sense. Like what we're hearing and the moves the Browns are making, trading, you know, 42 for Elijah Moore. 74 goes to Cedric Tillman. They're they're collecting wide receiver talent of different versatile skill sets. Like these these receivers are not the same. They're getting guys that can do different things and you know, excel in different roles. I I what they're doing and what they're saying jive together. So this whole spread it out, let Deshaun Watson loose. I I do believe that is what what's going to happen. Last thing I'll say real quick, Jalen Rager, you know, was a first round pick, a speedy guy. Yeah. Just because a guy's not picked in the first round and doesn't have a ton of speed doesn't mean he can't be a good wide receiver. They picked the wrong guy. You should have picked Justin Jefferson. That's <laughs> the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, you guys ready to move on to our second pick in the third round at pick 98? Yeah. Yep. So Absolutely. the Browns took uh, defensive tackle Siaki Ika. Am I saying that right, Derek? You would know better than me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's... Okay, Siaki Ika, he is... Oh, geez, what am I... 6'3". He played last year at like 358, but he clocked in at the combine at 335. So he shed a, a quite a bit of weight. And he wants process. to play lighter. That's yeah. what he said in his interview. And they and I was reading about him that, you know, his his mass <laughs> he's a big boy. Big yeah. run, stuffing, block, eating, defensive tackle. And if he can trim down a little bit more and build up a little bit of that muscle, his work on a little bit of the agility. He's already got under the radar pass rushing and if he can get after the quarterback along with stuffing the middle of that line, man, what a what a pick. What do you guys of, think? A lot of people don't like this pick, and I I don't understand why. So from what I heard that night on the way home as we were making that pick, I got like a half-hour drive from the studio. So they announced the pick. They were saying this isn't a guy that's going to really get to the quarterback a lot. This is a guy that's going to stop the run. It's going to plug up. It's going to eat some eat some blocks, you know. For us, aren't we tired of watching just even okay running backs get five to six yards before we even get close to them? I mean, are we tired of that? It wasn't wasn't a need addressing the middle of the defensive line because to be honest, I don't think Perry on Winfrey. Who knows what's going to happen there? Right. I'm I'm not even sure Perry on Winfrey is a starter this year, even if he doesn't have legal problems. We you know we we've, we've, we've got I, yeah. Miles Garrett, we've got Oboe Aronquo. We've yeah. got Alex Wright. We drafted, we'll talk about here in a minute, Isaiah McGuire. 
We've got guys who Dalvin Tomlinson can get pressure Dalvin on the quarterback. We've got pressure yeah. on the quarterback taken care of. We need to stop the damn run. Yes. That killed us last year. And as soon as I saw the the main things about this kid were yeah. run defense, run defense, run defense. I was like, thank God uh, we thank need that. And people are bashing the pick, and I just don't get it. And this isn't even either. just a last year thing. This has been the last, I mean, three, three, every time we, every year we've had a podcast, this has been an issue. And With- this pick right here, Derek, kind of to me shows why they didn't reach on any sort of linebacker position because if if the defensive line can stop the run effectively, then you've got guys like JOK and Walker and Phillips and Taki Taki and these other guys that can, you know, Tony Fields that are, may not be like elite level linebackers per se, but they don't need to be. They can still do their job as long as they're, you know, free to do so. What do you think yeah. about Ika? So, yeah, I'm not super high on this pick. Um, and it's I've come around a little bit. I've dived into him a little bit more. I think he does have some pass rush ability. It's more than what people are giving him credit for. My problem with this pick is I think you reached a little bit. And I think Andrew Barry kind of panicked a little bit with this pick. I'll be honest with you. I think defensive tackles were flying off the board. I think there were still some defensive tackles that I would have rather had than Siaki Iku. But the problem for me is I think what we were looking for is somebody to be that cornerstone number two. I don't think he's it. I view him more as a rotational guy, and that's kind of my problem with it. He is strictly, you know, I talked about it with Gravon Dexter. Uh, when I dived into him, he's strictly a run defender. It's the same thing here, and that's kind of my problem with it. It's not that he's a bad player. It's not that Dexter's a bad player. It's just, for me personally, I like to have guys who have traits that I can build on. Now, I'm hoping I'm completely wrong on that because they showed Jim Schwartz when they made the pick, and he was ecstatic. So, I obviously, Jim Schwartz is smarter than me, but from what I saw... I think he's he's got a lot of potential. He's going to be a great run blocker, which obviously is is or run defender rather is what we need. So that's absolutely filling a need. I just think they reached a little bit, and I do think he's got he he needs some work. If he can get fixed up, and in Jim, and Jim Schwartz is the guy to do that. He's got a you know track record. He could be really good. He he just wasn't personally my favorite of the bunch, but I'm not too upset with it. Since defensive tackle is such an important position to Jim Schwartz's defense and his scheme and everything, the fact that he was excited about this yeah. kid does give me, you know, some some relief, some hope. You know, I, I feel good about that. I, I see what you're saying about reaching. You know, the NFL um, analysis had him on a or uh, graded him at a fourth or fifth round grade. That's kind of what they were giving him. We took him in the third. Going back to Tillman, we didn't mention this. They had a second round grade on Tillman. Yeah. So to get him in the third round, I mean, just kind of sh- to show you where the NFL was at with these guys pre-draft to where they ended up. But, you know, his comparison, uh, they comped him to Danny Shelton, who was a former yeah. Brown. Yeah. You know, th- like you said, this this isn't the guy to come in and be the defensive tackle. He's not the guy. But, you know, if we can get some good rotational usage out of him in year one and see some growth and development, that would be and just eat up a couple a couple runs, please. Yeah. Please stop. Can we get a little run stoppage? Just a little bit. Stop yes. the bleeding. So bit. tired of bleeding all the time. <laughs> all right. Anything else with Ika you guys want to mention before we move on? Just be patient with him. For fans who don't like this pick, I think, you know, you you mentioned it. It's This is, again, one of a couple picks for the Browns that is going to be a long-term plan here. Yeah. You just got to kind of wait it out. That's one thing. I'm glad you said that. Remind me. We talked about this last year when Browns drafted Perry on Winfrey. I've, you know, I've read up on the different positions, translations from college to pro. Defensive tackle is actually a, a very difficult position for rookies to translate from college to the pro because offensive linemen in the NFL are so much stronger than what these guys go up against in college. And now they're smack dab right in the middle of that line, and they, it's tough. It is tough at the beginning for them. So I like your patience. You know, caution to all the fans out there. Give him half the season. Like, if we're not seeing big effectiveness out of Ika, do not start saying he's a bust, he was a wasted pick, bad pick, or anything. Give him half the season, because we saw Perry on second half of the season last year start to come on a little bit, pop off the tape. So, 
I would definitely be patient with this kid. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest homemade burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real, aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout and get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. You get $20 off the Burger Perfection flight, plus free shipping. Discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, so we're talking about big, massive human beings, right? Well, let's talk about the mountain. Round four, pick 111. Browns took offensive tackle, right tackle out of Ohio State, the wand. Jones, six foot eight, three hundred seventy-four pounds, twenty-one years old, massive human being. Justin, what was your thought when we took him? Uh, I kind of surprised. Kind of surprised. Okay. Um, where when we took him, I was surprised just because I thought that. Um, and Derek talked about it, but I thought there was other needs. I thought we were for sure going to go either linebacker or safety. Um, but I'm am I upset with the pick? No. I mean, I know this kid is a right tackle, but we don't know what's going to happen with Jeffers or Wills. I mean, if I'm the Browns, this is a big proving year for him. I I don't think we can continue to see the same effort and play that we've seen in the last few years. Um, I, now, can you move uh, Conklin to left or do we have to figure out something else to get this guy on? But I like I like the pick as far as what it means developmentally. We kind of talked about it. You have the best offensive line coach in in the NFL on your roster, uh, on your coaching staff. Get this kid in there with him and start coaching him up. Me and Derek were going back and forth, uh, just laughing about it. He sent a video of a kind of uh, you know him just falling all over the field as he was trying to uh, a very talented edge, you know, kind of out technique him and uh, fourth fourth string uh, defensive end for the Seahawks. There you go. There you go. Um, but um, I, that's my thing on it. Uh, this is another pick. Like, you know, if you read stuff on the internet, the fans don't like it. And to me, I'm like, mm. you, I don't know. My like Twitter it. notifications, mm. people are hating on me. So. Oh, man. So to me, just because of um, positional need, I guess, people didn't like it. I like it. I, you know, we can't continue to pay $76 million contracts forever. No. You know, um, and that's a big thing. Um, I know we have Teller and Conklin and all these guys wrapped up for, you know, the next two, three years, but eventually you got to get a little young. Uh, honestly, I think this kid can probably push some other guys down the death chart too, as far as like Hudson. Um, but if you, if you can get this kind of kid coached up, I like this pick a lot. Yeah. One, one thing, and I'll do a little bit of positive notes on here. Cause I think Derek might go a little bit the other direction. Um, yeah. But, you know, PFF was talking about him as being a tackle that you want if you have a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that massive frame. He only allowed five pressures on 419 pass blocking snaps. I do not believe he gave up a single sack last year, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, going into the draft, the NFL actually did have a first or second round grade on him, whether that's you know, accurate or not. That's kind of what they had going into is what the profile says. And we got him in the fourth round. His comparison is Trent Brown. I mean, with, with Bill Callahan, he could have a bright future, but 
Derek, why don't you give us maybe a little bit of a different perspective on Dewan Jones? Uh, okay. So yeah, everybody is uh, at my neck on uh, my thoughts on Dewan Jones, but I want to explain myself because I haven't really had the chance to explain. Now's myself. your opportunity, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to say this. First of all, I'm sure you guys as well, but I watched every single snap Dewan Jones has taken at Ohio State. Um, I have never really been that big of a fan of him and I want to clarify when I say that it's not because he sucks this is not somebody who's just awful and has no talent at all Dewan Jones for me a lot of his game is predicated on his size which makes a ton of sense right because you're a massive dude you're going to use your size but my problem with Dewan Jones is more so at the next level versus in college because when he saw the better defenders in college, he struggled. At the NFL level, he's going to be facing those guys on a regular basis. He struggles drastically with the shifty, bendy guys. And that's something, and it's weird because just because he's big, he's not slow. You know, I talked about it in a video I did yesterday that Siaki Ika ran, I want to say, slower than Dewan Jones in the 40 time or at Ika least it was, was a five close. three nine Jones was a five three five so yes Jones was a little faster yeah. yep so Dewan Jones at his size which he is a lot bigger was yeah. faster than Siaki Ika and so you can't really say it's a size thing for you know some of his um you know negatives there because there's a lot that I like I like he's first of all he's a great run blocker Right, which fits the Browns. So I like that. Um, you know, he's great when you get him out in space running at his size. You're not going to stop him. You can't stop a man moving at that size. Um, so I love that. His pass blocking, I don't like at all other than one thing. He is fantastic. And I wish we were in the studio so I could show you, like, you know, visually. <laughs> but when somebody puts your hands on him, right, he does the wipe move which a lot of the bigger, longer NFL tackles do, and just pancakes guys. He is fantastic at that. The only problem is it does not work consistently. It's just when it does, it's great. It's one of those highlight, you know, offensive tackle things. For me, I think this is a very much a project pick. I don't see him having any role for the Browns for at least two seasons. Um and it's confusing to me. It's confusing to me because, Justin, you mentioned it, there was really good safeties on the board. There was really good linebackers on the board. And you punted on that to go with a project right tackle. I don't believe he can play left tackle. I know some people who do think that. But I just, I don't know. A, a part of me thinks he's full of gold. I've watched him for a long, long time, and I do see traits this is the biggest, by far the biggest boom bust pick that Andrew Barry has ever made. Ever made. Hmm. Because if, okay. he, if he hits, he's one of the best tackles in the NFL. If he doesn't, I think he could be down there with some of the worst tackles in the NFL. It just depends. But like you said, what I'm clinging on to is he has improved at Ohio State over the course of his career here. And he's going now to the best offensive line coach in the NFL to an offensive line that already has a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope for the best. So there's some I do like at Dewan Jones, but there's a lot I don't like and a lot that I'm very, very concerned with. Okay. Well, he'll definitely be one guy that will we'll definitely have to keep a close eye on over the summer through training camp and preseason and all that because, like you said, if he, if he hits... Man, the, the potential is absolutely top of the league potential. And I'm actually got some highlights in the background playing here on my computer screen. I'm seeing him uh, highlights of him in high school playing basketball. That the kid can move. He can athletic. definitely move. He is athletic. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that's I, if you're going to swing for the fences at that position in this draft, that was the guy to do it with. And it wasn't a very uh, like as far as tackles, we right. Draft. Extremely, extremely weak draft. Yeah. You know I mean? As far as if you look back over the years, usually first what fifteen picks, there's usually five, six guys that are you know off the board. I didn't even know if there was off the top of my head. I don't even know if there's one that went in the top ten, let alone fifteen, except for the guard from Northwestern. 
Uh, are you, what the are you talking about offensive tackles in the yeah. top of the draft? Yeah, yeah there was there was best, a couple. There my was best a couple. Okay, yeah. okay. You had you, well, you had know what I mean. Usually, it's it's very very. There's a you might see a couple go back to back and things like that. Paris yeah, Johnson. Paris Johnson. Oh, yeah, Johnson. That's right. that's the other Ohio State yeah. tackle. Yeah. The Bears yeah. took the Tennessee kid. Uh, okay. The Steelers took Broderick Jones, and then the Titans that's took insane. Peter Skronsky. So yeah. there was a couple that went. Okay, the first round. Very good, okay. good. Okay. Well, seeing the Oklahoma know. tackle too. By the way, they replayed the draft on the NFL Network. I forgot uh, the Oklahoma tackle went to. I want to say the Jets. Or something like that at the bottom okay. of the first round. So yeah, there was actually a couple of tackles taken. Okay. Well, you know, I think that was a good. There, there's obviously pros and cons with all these guys, all these prospects. I mean, nobody like we said Friday night, nobody's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So that's a, that's a good analysis both ways for Dewan Jones. You guys want to move on to Isaiah McGuire? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, with the fourth pick, Crumbler <laughs> with the twenty fourth pick in the fourth round, the Browns took. Defensive end Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. He is six foot four, two hundred sixty-eight pounds. I don't know who wants to go first on on McGuire. He's twenty-one, so he's a younger kid too. This is uh, this is my second favorite pick of Andrew Berry's draft. This kid is an absolute stud. Um, he doesn't have a great first step. You know, it's not like a lot of times you'll see these defensive ends and they're wicked right off the snap of the ball, but. He is fantastic. He's athletic. He's super fast. He's physical. Flies to the ball. He's wrecked games at times at Missouri. This is a dude that's going to make you feel him. Uh, he made Spencer Rattler's life a living hell when they played him. Um, this is the perfect get for Andrew Berry. And this is what I mean when I say if you flip picks, right? So if we took him and then Dewan Jones later, like I'd be a little bit happier. But you still got him anyway. And we now have a really interesting defensive end room because obviously Miles Garrett and Oba Okoronkwo are going to be the starters. That's yeah. for certain. But now McGuire gets thrown in there. What's his rotation going to be? Because you want to get him on the field. I mean, he's going to be an impact player as a pass rusher. And then you have Alex Wright, who's kind of your run-stopping defensive end set-the-edge guy. Where does Isaiah Thomas fit in this? Because I think Isaiah Thomas had a great great year last year. And um, unfortunately, he's going to be fighting an uphill battle now. Because we went from, hey, we really need to get some defensive ends, to now the rotation is really good. And uh, I think this kid is going to be the long-term starter opposite of Miles Garrett. Obviously, there's some things he needs to work on. But in terms of where you got him, this is an A-plus pick. A-plus pick. With everything he has, all the talent he has to work with, you get this guy in the room, you mold him up, and he could be a great, great starter for you. I mean, as far as PFF goes, he had an 82 pass rush grade, a 74.3 run defense grade, 7 sacks, 21 QB hurries in 2022, 16 sacks over his three seasons in college. I... I was I was pretty excited about this. I did a mock draft with Kenny Mack on an episode last week before the draft. We actually ran through two mocks, and in both mocks, we selected Isaiah McGuire. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what round we took him in or what pick, but it was right in this area. So when it happened, I was like, ah, that's, that's awesome. We were already kind of high on this kid. So, Justin, what were your takeaways when they took Isaiah McGuire? Uh, no, I liked it. I liked it. Um, more depth. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, Swartz uses him. Swartz likes that wide nine kind of, you know, where they line up way out. So right. I, I'm curious to see if you can just kind of get this guy out in some space and kind of just let him bully ball in. Um, I like your take, man, that he's the eventual starter. But no, I like the pick. Um, I think it's interesting. I thought we needed depth. I really did. Um, and any kind of defensive like line depth you can build, um, especially like, we're not sure uh, Double O is like going to be a hundred percent for sure the starter. We think that, but um, this is a guy that you can bring in. Um, nice rotational piece um, fits with the rookies from last year. So I like another pick, especially get him that late, like at late fourth. I, I'm I like it a lot. <laughs> so uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you see that Derek's video just left it's gone um if you're listening you're not might not hear his voice there 
Oh, wait, saying, here we go. Maybe he's back. He said he lost power. Uh, well, well, Derek's getting reconnected here. Isaiah McGuire, uh, NFL analysis, you know, the pro- draft profile had him as a third round grade. We got him in the four, fourth. Yep. They compared yep. him to Preston Smith. You know, everything Derek said, I buy into this kid. And, and he kind of fits another theme with Andrew Barry that while... Andrew Barry did deviate a little bit from what he likes to do in the draft. There is one thing he stuck to in this draft, and that is drafting high character, you know, kids. Because that's what yeah. these that's what these guys are. We talk about these guys, these guys coming out of the, out of college. They're kids. These are kids. Yeah. He's twenty one yeah. years old. You know it. So if you've got a twenty one year old who can profile as high character, I don't know if I did at twenty one, but oh hell no, I <laughs> I don't know if I profiled as high character. Five years ago, uh, you know, and I'm almost, I'm almost forty. So, <laughs> it, you know, everybody, it just takes everybody a little bit of time yeah. you know, from here and there. But you know, that, that's another great thing about about these players that Andrew Barry's selecting. So, I think we'll just go ahead. We'll cruise on here. Maybe Derek, are you back? Can you hear me? I no. can hear you, dude. I'm okay. sitting here talking, and all of a sudden, it just goes black, and I'm like. What just happened? I know. That's what I told Justin. I said, well, he might not be back because he said he lost power. So, well, I was waiting we'll on see. my internet to kick up and yeah. it kicked up. So I'm back. So it was just hopefully like a quick on and off. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go off. Again. Just enough to disrupt everything. But <laughs> you made it back just in time. We're about to actually move on here to pick five in the fifth round. The Browns took to, I guess, a lot of people's surprise, which it wasn't surprising to me because the Browns had a lot of pre-draft buzz with this kid meetings with him and things and just everything I was reading the pulse was the Browns just love him they want him they they had their sights set on him and I just think they they made it their effort they were going to get him they got Dorian Thompson Robinson the quarterback out of UCLA no Brown Tiger they did not draft him to be Deshaun Watson's replacement at any point in time but or Grant P <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson DTR and you know, we don't have to go too in-depth on these last three guys, but let's just kind of do a quick overview on DTR and, and your takeaways from this pick. I'll, uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I know, Josh, I know you kind of called it out a lot. I, you thought that this was kind of a locked pick. Mm-hmm. I, yep. um, for me, I know I've seen people liking the pick, but I'm like, you've got Josh Dobbs. I, I just kind of, I don't know, I guess if if it's a developmental pick, which it is, um, I mean, I just, by the time that his like rookie contract is up, you figure, you know, is this, is this a guy that replaces Deshaun Watson? I no. guess I just didn't really understand, you know, the long-term, the long-term on out. So, okay. So back up to Deshaun, if he gets hurt, yeah. we have Josh Dobbs, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't me, need a long-term. I was kind of comparing the situation to what the San Francisco 49ers went through last year. So you've got Trey Lance, your, your high investment starting quarterback. You you got Jimmy G, you know, a really great backup who already took you to a Super Bowl. And then they went ahead and drafted Brock Purdy. Anyway, I know it was the last pick in the entire draft or whatever, but still they drafted him. Right. Okay. They used a draft capital pick on Brock Purdy to bring in another quarterback. And, you know, it was one of those things where they wanted to make sure they had quarterbacks in their quarterback room that they felt confident in could take the mantle if necessary, if thrust into that role because they knew they had a great defense. They knew they had a great offense. Can you just not screw it up basically? And we can still go places. And they did. They did go places with Purdy. So God forbid anything happened to Deshaun Watson. You know, the next guy up could be Josh Dobbs, but at that point, then it's like, well, now what do we do if anything happens to him? Yeah. You know, this is a team that is in a win now window and, We don't want an injury at the quarterback position to com- take us completely entirely out of that window in one instance. So, right. if if this was the guy that they pegged as this is the guy we need to have to be an insurance policy, then I don't I don't mind them going and, and doing it. Do you think that this moves Mond like you know completely off? Yeah, goodbye, yeah. Kelly. Practice, Mond. practice yeah, squad so. guy. Yeah, I, I just, okay. No, that's, I just, my thing is you usually carry two quarterbacks anyway, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you throughout the season. So, yeah, I'm you've probably got two active on game day. Yeah. You claimed uh, Kellerman last year off, you know, brought him into basically a practice squad kind of role. Yep. So, I, I don't, I don't hate the pick. I just, I guess I just wanted some understanding on 
what they believe the direction was as far as you know what i mean what yeah. they what they wanted to do with that pick yeah what do you think derek was this one of your surprise picks so i actually love this pick a lot. okay this was whenever you said there were some confusing <laughs> picks i thought maybe this was one but okay so it, well it it is one um it, it's confusing because i think the browns could have taken him later but what I will say is it makes a little bit of sense to me because there started to be a run on quarterbacks mm-hmm. a little bit around this time. And, you know, like you said, the Browns love this guy. And if, if it means taking him here to get him, so be it. Um, would I have liked to seen him go with our next pick and, you know, take a safety or linebacker instead? You know, yeah. Um, but this is the perfect backup. The perfect backup to Deshaun Watson plays just like him he's a very athletic quarterback he's a really good thrower he's underrated as a thrower he just needs development he's got all the talent in the world he is boomer bust like he's got all the talent and you know when you talk about what we the conversation slash argument slash debate about Anthony Richardson oh uh, god my my arguments was the tools and the talent, right? You got stuff to work with there. Obviously, this is very different because you're talking what fifth fifth round versus four overall, right? Yeah. So, but similar situation. Dorian Tomlin Thompson Robinson DTR has everything the Browns want in what they have at quarterback. He is a mirror of Deshaun Watson. They're already connected. They've already worked out together. And if Deshaun were to go down or for whatever reason DTR needs to come in, obviously there's a giant talent drop-off from Deshaun Watson to DTR, because obviously. But in terms of how you execute the game plan, you don't need to change a thing. Maybe you start running it a little bit more. But same type of player, he's young, and he's only going to get better. And he's sitting behind the perfect quarterback for his play style. I cannot stand Kellen Mond. He's my least favorite quarterback in the NFL. He's awful. And I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, the Browns cutting Josh Dobbs because Kellen Mond is cheaper. Something stupid like that. Right, right. We got our guy. I'm happy about it. Because backup quarterback, although it's not the most important position, it is very (laughs) valuable. Well, Uh, he can't be. No, I was just going to say it's not, but but as soon as it, as soon as your quarterback gets hurt, all of a sudden it is the exactly. most important position. Or like out of nowhere, for the first eleven games of the season, it's critical. Yeah. So it's if you if you don't put a backup quarterback is important, go back last year and look at Jacoby Brissett. Come on now. Yes. But got to make sure you're comfortable thing, with the guys in that role. The key thing with that, if you have a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, is the price tag on that because you're not going to want to pay to have one of those great backups. Like when the Browns last year, obviously we knew Jacoby was going to start. It was worth the payday. Right. Mm-hmm. With this, you now have, like I said, same type of player who can really develop and be something special, I think, on a cheap rookie contract. That is so valuable for the yeah. Browns because you don't have to worry about that anymore. That's yep. awesome. All right. So let's hit these last two real quick. This one, you know, a couple picks later here in the fifth round, they take the cornerback Cameron Mitchell out of Northwestern, um, 5'11, 191. NFL had a round seven slash priority UDFA on this guy. So um, I don't know. Derek, why don't you kick it off real quick? What do you know about Cameron Mitchell and your quick takeaways on him? One of my favorite picks of this draft, the okay. NFL, the, re- the reason why they had that grade on him is because he has dealt with a lot of injuries, and that's literally been the only problem with him, other than okay. he's not like the fastest guy. But you're getting a guy who in a year is probably going to step up and be your slot corner. Okay. I wondered about that because of what I was reading about him. Sound like he's mm-hmm. more apt to be playing in the slot, and, and he's a little bit more physical am i right on that physical tough run support Mm -hmm. that kind of thing but the thing with him that i love and we've constantly had this conversation about the rovers and the versatility Mm -hmm. and the guys who can do all kinds of things this is another one of those players he can come off the edge and blitz he's done it multiple times at northwestern and been effective uh like you said he's he's strong he's physical he plays aggressive 
And, you know, when you look at the performance against the good receivers in the Big Ten, he was fantastic. He gave Ohio State a living hell all day long playing against those receivers because he was great at jamming guys. And the Browns signed Mike Ford to come in and play that slot corner role day one. But this is a guy who's going to get in rotation this year. He's going to be a special teamer this year. But next year, I see him stepping up. And I, boys, I love, and I mean love, the Browns cornerback room right now. Honestly, I, it couldn't be any better. So guy. far, I mean, it's it's who am I to question Andrew Barry selecting cornerbacks at this point? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Justin, anything on Cameron Mitchell you want to throw? The only thing I'll touch on, I love everything you said there, man. I I didn't know a lot about this kid coming into uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. but I uh, I as soon as they said the pick, I was like, well, I mean, we lost Greedy Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. I I to this day, I still don't think you can ever have enough cornerbacks. True. Um, you know, as far as just injuries and everything goes. So um, I like the pick. I don't really know a lot about him. I got to do a little bit more research on him. Um, but I mean, I like as far as for where you got him and don't always trust the, uh, you know, the NFL land stuff, you know, right. You don't know exactly. Because it was just because of injuries. That was literally the only thing and not to feel better about it, not to float my own boat here, but this is a guy that I mocked to the Browns multiple times and to see his name called at some point in this draft, I was like, let's go. (laughs) We got one of the guys that got my eyes. Well, that's good. Um, so we'll wrap it up here with the last pick the Browns made, pick 13, in the sixth round they took the center out of Ohio State, Luke. Is it Whipler or Wipler? I've heard it both ways. Luke there. Whipler. Whipler. I don't know why okay. people are saying Wipler. <laughs> so I believe, was it Mel Kuyper? Well, real quick, he's 6'3", 303. Actually an early declare, I guess, at center, which is something that's rare. You don't hear a lot of centers declaring for the draft early. Uh, so young guy and... I think it was Mel Kuyper had him ranked at either his second or third best center in this draft. So why should Browns fans be ecstatic about this pick? Go ahead, Derek. You want to take it? Uh, Sure. Well, let me say this first. I was very confused when his name was called. I was happy, but I was like, okay. Like, what? what's the, what's the vision here? Right. Um, He's just been consistent. You know, you talk about the numbers that these Ohio State offensive linemen have had. This is probably the most consistent player on that offensive line. He's just, he's not anything like crazy special, but at the same time, he's consistently playing at a high level. He's had really no problems. I can't imagine why he went as late as he did. Um, I think it's just... You know, people get fascinated with the big school and people think that, you know, oh, they come from Ohio State, they come from Alabama, they're going to be stars. Well, the NFL doesn't exactly think that way, you know, all the time. We've seen in the most puzzling thing about the draft is guys at the same position going ahead of guys who played much better at a higher school against better talent. It never makes sense to me, but it's a reality. And I think that's just a prime example here. Now for the Browns, it's a confusing pick, like I said, but I like it. But for me, what's the vision here? Is Nick Harris gone? Because yeah. Whipler is somebody that I think is going to start eventually for the Browns. It might be in two years because mm-hmm. they re-signed Ethan Posick to a three-year deal. Right. So yeah. they might say, hey, let's get this kid ready because he is younger. Like you said, Josh. 21. Yep. 21. So give it a two-year, one-to-two season uh, you know, Bill Callahan move here, get him coached up, and then slide him in there. And again, another guy on a rookie contract at a position where you're not going to want to spend a ton of money. Yeah. That makes sense. But at the same time, you just drafted one last year. You re-signed Ethan Posick, and you still have Nick Harris. None of those guys are going to get you any value in a trade. So unless they're fine with just cutting Nick Harris... All right. Yeah. It's just I, confusing. I agree with you 100%. So I, I like the pick. And the more you hear about the pick, I, I love the pick. But I'm 100% on what you said. I, I don't understand as far as with Nick Harris. I get Ethan Posick. Ethan Posick went out, balled out, and we got him on a ch- Like for what we got him for over three years, we got him for the cheap, mm-hmm. which is great. I, I'm with you, though. What, what happens with Nick Harris now? Because I, 
I think well, that last year he was our guy. It could spell the end for Nick Harris, honestly, at some point, or at least he, he'll be on the team probably to roll out his contract here. But what's he got? A year left? Two? At the most. A year. A year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is definitely a future preparation pick because there's no point in bringing Nick Harris back at all because he's honestly, he's just not on the field. He hasn't really shown enough. At least that would be my assessment from the Browns' point of view. I mean, Whipler per PFF, 87 pass block grade, 81.1 run block. He was a, a second round grade on PFF. He allowed just one sack, seven hurries, and 449 pass snaps. Now, one reason why maybe he fell, he has been knocked for having a slightly smaller frame for a center, shorter arms. They say he can't extend as much as, you know, the, the centers that you would want necessarily in the NFL. So he's got to yeah, work where did it out. We draft, where did we draft Nick Harris? Nick Harris was like They're the smallest good. center ever. Yeah, he's very small too. And, and he was a guard in college. Yeah. For a long time, he switched to center, which made even like we yeah, thought. I, at least at the time, I remember thinking like we didn't draft this kid to be a center. He's just going to end up being a depth piece guard for us. Right. He already knows how to play guard. And I, I, now you're getting ready to get into like a second contract. It's you can't really do that. You're you're not going to sign him to big money to be a depth piece. Yeah. I, I don't know. All right. Well, I mean. The, the, that was just a quick rundown on each of the Browns picks. The, obviously, we're going to dive more into you know these new names, these new players for the Browns as the offseason continues into the summer, into mini camps, into training camp, into the preseason, and into finally NFL football again in 2023. We're pretty excited about that. Real quick, I just want to run through the list of undrafted free agents that the Browns have signed since the other day, since the draft mm-hmm. ended. We can, we'll dive into these names maybe later this week. We'll do an episode to break down some of these guys, but they took a couple more corners. Tanner McAllister out of Ohio State, another Buckeye. That's awesome. Another corner. Caleb Biggers out of Boise State. They did take some linebackers. They signed Charlie Thomas out of Georgia Tech. Uh, Let's see. There was, or maybe he was the only one. They got a couple more edges. Edge linebacker Muhammad Diabati out of Utah, which is a guy that I know I had mocked at one point to the Browns with their last pick, so that's kind of cool. They took Lonnie Phelps Jr. out of Kansas, the edge rusher, Jeremiah Martin, interior D lineman out of Washington, Thomas is a greeny, grainy tight end out of Albany mm-hmm. and Hassan Hall running back out of Georgia Tech. Don't sleep on those two Buckeyes at safety. Don't sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the one guy I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Ronnie Hickman, safety from Ohio State. Another guy that I did mock to the Browns, I think in like the fourth or fifth round when I mocked yeah. him. So undrafted free agent. I mean, we saw what they did with DeAnthony Bell last year as a UDFA at the safety position. So you're right. Don't sleep on Ronnie Hickman. Yeah. Well, I think both of them. Both of them. The Browns have needs at safety. You know, yeah. the depth is not there at all. You know, it's literally Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill, and D'Anthony Bell. Yep. Yeah. So I know. You're right. Both of those guys could end up making the roster, especially Ronnie Hickman, because he is so versatile. He could play strong. He he was the silver bullet at Ohio State. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yep. played all over the place. Yep. So he fits what Andrew Berry loves. And I agree with you. I was surprised that he wasn't picked. And especially, I mean, maybe it was just the value. My watch got cut on my headphones. Um, maybe it was just the value of Whipler, but... I'm surprised Andrew Berry didn't pick him Yeah, to make sure we got him. Yeah, not taking a safety at all was a little surprising. I thought for sure they would. I felt like there were some that kept falling throughout the draft that I thought, you know, Anthony Johnson out of, I think it was Iowa State, I was like, you know. J.L. Skinner. Yeah. Anthony Johnson. You know, um, it, again, time will tell. We'll see how these guys, you know, what, what comes out about each one of them as rookie mini camps and all that stuff come out, but. Before we wrap it up, because I got a dinner to get to, guys, anything that you guys want to mention real quick about any players we went over today or anything for Browns fans as we head into our first week post-NFL draft? This is a long-term draft. This yes. Is, yeah. Very long-term for some positions. But right. Just be patient. You know, I'm trying to remind myself that we're picking for the future even though we do have some immediate needs which I is think why that, I was frustrated but that's important Browns fans you can celebrate the fact that we're not going into the NFL draft saying we have to find a starter at five positions this year nope we're good we got our starters lined up we're we're trying to build depth and some security at positions and I think the Browns did a pretty good job overall at least on paper of accomplishing that Justin any last thoughts no I'm, I'm good time will tell 
we'll yeah. do well i'm guessing we'll do draft grades at some point this week but it's hard to give um you know a superstellar draft grade on when it's long term yeah we'll I have an episode we didn't go ahead oh sorry I was okay. just gonna say I, I can't believe we didn't get Owen Pepo as not as far as he fell. I, I thought know, I know the Browns were gonna love him. Yeah, but they didn't go linebacker at all. So I mean, I guess it just wasn't a priority, which it never really is with Andrew Barry oh. outside of JOK. Yeah. But yep. all right, yeah, but so, again, six picks. Come on, <laughs> you can't we, take one. We will be doing an episode later this week about you know we'll, we'll get everybody together. Uh, we'll do draft grade, just like Justin said. Talk about anything that comes up between now and then. Derek will have something coming out later this week as well. So we're excited for that. Um, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, thank you guys. We just reached 6,000 subs on YouTube. Please. Keep subbing. If you haven't subbed already, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. I meant to say that at the top of the video. Get yourself some Omaha steaks, order that stuff for Mother's Day so you're ready to grill out and impress people when you have people over to celebrate the moms in your life, DraftKings, all that fun stuff. Until we talk to you guys later this week, let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.